0: Welcome to the Arrow Fantasy Podcast brought to you by DoorDash to go through all the Round 17 team list. My name is Chris Kennedy. My regular co-host, Dom Brock, is not here this week. He is on baby duty, but for those of you who've been listening for a while, you may remember my guest host this week, Richie Kenzie, from last time he was here. Richie, thank you so much for stepping in.
1: Thanks, Chris. Great to be back. Uh, I think it's been a couple of years now, so whenever uh, whenever Dom and his wife are thinking of having children, I'm uh, I'm here to help out.
0: The regular uh, baby uh, stand-in, as uh, long as Don keeps having kids, he'll be back every couple of years or so. Uh, let's get stuck into some team lists. There's only four this week, a really tough uh, buy-around. A lot of the most popular fantasy players are off. Um, either their team's not playing or they're in the uh, the Origin squads. Uh, kicks off on Thursday night at Four Pines Park with the Seagulls hosting the Raiders. Uh, obviously, Turbo and DCE both uh, out on their respective Origin duties, which is the uh, the two main uh, fantasy guys from their side, Ruben Garrick, slides into the fullback position as Asuli comes in on the wing Dylan the walker partners, Kieran Foran in the halves and Kate his back for his first run in a while uh, on the interchange. Uh, what do you make of this fantasy side?
1: Yeah, it's an interesting one. I think just in general this week, as you've alluded to, obviously only half the club's playing, but um, more than anything, it's really slim pickings in terms of, uh, you know, big heavy-hitting fantasy names uh, from the sides who are playing. Um, obviously Manley's two most popular and highest scoring players in DCE and, um, and Tommy Turbo, both on origin duty. So that takes out um, uh, players in a lot of people's teams. Um, Ruben Garrick, you just mentioned the top moves to fullback. Um, he's had some outstanding numbers uh, just recently. I know mm. he's had I think, four scores above 77 in his last five games, including a three-round average of, I think, 84 from when I had a look um, just earlier. I mean, that's, you know, extraordinary numbers. Um, Two of his last three games on the wing, not at fullback, but seven tries in there. So um, he's actually elevated himself to the second highest um, earning cash cow for the year, even though he started at a reasonable price. So if you think he's going to keep it up, um, you know, he looks, if if you're an overall player, and this is kind of what this week's all about, um, he's probably a good one to jump on. Um, He did score well last time at fullback, um, deputizing for um, Tommy Turbo. So... Yeah, he looks one of the most appealing options uh, from the side this week. Lochlan Croker uh, has scored quite well recently. A few people, I think maybe yourself as well, started with him. Um, a real slow burn cash cow, but he's actually also up there in terms yeah. of dollars earned too. So not a buy now unless you you know you've got trades to burn and you're desperate for overall um, improvement in your overall rank. But I'd say him, um, I'd say he and and Ruben Garrick look the best. There's probably a couple of others there.
0: Yeah, I mean they're probably the the, the main ones. Um, Garrick, pretty remarkable. 370 grand he's made now. A couple of absolutely monster scores of late. Obviously, um, you know had a field day in that 66 nil demolition against the, the Bulldogs. It's in 737 grand. It's pretty hard to counsel um, buying him. It's tough to see him keeping it up. But um, if the one two percent of people who who do have him in their sides are absolutely laughing, um, rest of the manly side. Yeah, I don't really see a lot. Um, Fantasy-wise, I mean, Martin is a bit of a force of, of years gone by, but, um, you yeah, know, M- Hamali Alakawatu and Carl Lawton, both in the, the back row, sort of started off a fairly low base, averaging sort of low 50s of late, making it a little bit of slow cash. But again, it's a very short-term play to, to be buying any of those guys.
1: Yeah, Lawton was one I was going to mention as well, scoring well of late. I think he's crossed uh, for a few tries recently. Um, it's interesting, at this stage of the season, um, obviously people's trades are running low, a lot of guys who might sort of be options or cash cows probably are not so much now just because there's really not that many trades and people need to start conserving them for, um, you know, in head-to-head leagues for their finals. So guys who would normally be kind of interesting if this was sort of round four or round eight even are um, probably off the board.
0: Just looking at your uh, Raiders, a couple of changes for them. Obviously, Jack White and uh, Josh Papaliti you both into the uh, respective origin squads. Bailey Simonson, who uh, sort of was a, a non-cash cow for a big chunk of the year, then got moved to fullback, had a big score, then a, a middling score. Now he's picked up an injury, gone for four to six weeks, it sounds like. So uh, Xavier Savage comes in for his, it's either his first or his second interim game, depending on how you want to uh, class it. He got 11 minutes off the bench after halftime, do a bit of an 18th man stuff up in, uh, in round 15. But in for an official debut at fullback um, this week, minus one in 11 minutes. Minutes in that very brief stint on field before, so has a, a large-ish break-even, but I don't know, maybe reasonable job security in the short term if anyone's desperate for a, uh, a cashier.
1: Yeah, I had a look at his stats line. It looks like something out of the matrix. There's a lot of zeros and ones. I think it was minus one <laughs> in 11 minutes with 11 11 run metres and one missed tackle, so it's basically all zeros and ones. Um I don't know a huge amount about him from sort of his, his um, time in reserve ground, obviously, obviously a youngster and he's, we're now into at least the third choice fullback at Canberra um, as a Raiders supporter. It's hasn't been going particularly well of late in terms of uh, player injuries or, or form on the paddock. Um, I would say, because of that minus one, because uh, of the admin stuff up in terms of him playing, he's actually got a higher break-even than most first gamers. Um, I mean, this is nominally his sort of first full game. I think his break-even is artificially high because of that. So you've got an opportunity to have a bit of a look and see if you think, you know, if Simonson is out for the full six weeks, um, he could be an interesting sort of cash cow option if you need to downgrade. Um, a bit later on before we talk about sort of guys coming in and out, but I know... Um, Meredith Jones for Newcastle is one who a few of us, myself included, jumped on. He's made moderate money, but suddenly he's back to the bench, scored in the teens last weekend. And if players like that, there might be a few others around. If you need to get rid of them for someone who's base price, um, someone like Savage this week or next is probably a good option.
0: The rest of the side, uh, Matt Frawley gets a game, his first NRL start of the year with uh, Jack White and now Emery Gouler into the starting side. Ryan James back uh, on the bench with uh, Papali. Uh, and Hudson Young back, who was scoring pretty heavily in the early rounds before losing that spot to Corey, had a a nighter um, back in, but probably hard to cancel getting Hudson with uh, Elliot Whitehead and expected to miss one. Probably um, CHN, the, the real popular sort of relevant fantasy guy for the for bye week.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, A lot of guys have jumped on him in probably the last six to eight weeks when his scoring's gone up. Um, If you got on when he was sort of at 350 grand, you've made very good money. I know he's well over 600 now. Um, Scoring pretty well, maybe tailed off a little bit in the last couple of weeks. But I would say given the absolute um, dearth of fantasy options this week with most popular sort of high scoring players, either in origin or on the buy, um, CHN actually looks like one of the more viable captaincy options, particularly with um, Tohu Harris out, as I'm sure we'll discuss down the track. Um, as for Hudson Young, yes, I agree. Um, Ricky Stewart has not been particularly kind to him when he was in a purple patch of form. He found himself benched, um, which I know annoyed a few fantasy owners, but um, yeah, I wouldn't say he's an option now.
0: Yeah, definitely. CH uh, CHN. I imagine any overall-focused fantasy coach is going to have him uh, this week. The second game of the round, the Rabbitohs take on the Cowboys at Stadium Australia on Friday night. Rabbitohs uh, mass changes due to origin. Five guys in the respective uh, two-state squads. Uh, Blake Taff comes in at fullback. Braden Burns in at centre. Um... Benji Marshall starts at hooker for Damien Cook, uh, Tom Burgess, James Sewer both back into the starting pack with uh, Patrick Mayo and Peter Manzellas. joining the interchange. Um, mostly the uh, the relevant fantasy guys are out. You know Troll Mitchell, your Damien Cook, your Dan Gagai, so um, and, you know Arrow and Murray, the heavy fantasy scorers at various times. So can you see much appeal to any of the guys who are playing?
1: Um, in the Rabbitohs, not a lot and probably uh, even less in the um, in the Cowboys side as well. As I said, it's 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 lean times for fantasy coaches this week. Um, and indeed, if you can get sort of – I think if you can get six or seven guys on the park, um, you know, if you've got a kind of a vanilla-ish sort of team that's getting towards full strength, that, that's going to be quite an achievement. Um, I wouldn't imagine there's a lot of ownership of guys in the Rabbitohs. Probably the target, I think, for overall players this week would be Adam Reynolds. Um, I know a few people have picked him up and Sean Johnson, who we'll talk about later, is the viable halves who are scoring well, um, who obviously aren't on the bye this round. Um, Campbell Graham, I know a few guys in a competition where in Chris got him. He's probably one of the sort of the between that sort of second and top tier sort of centres. I mean, as a bona fide sort of centre playing in the centres, he's a decent-ish option. He's been scoring some tries recently. Um, South Sydney have obviously got a pretty potent back line. Um, I I wouldn't exactly suggest he's a buy now, but if you have him, you're probably enjoying the ride to a certain extent. Uh, Keon Kaloa Matangi, I think myself and you at some point were owners of Keon. He uh, started okay, got injured, a lot of us sold, and he had a real kind of hot streak uh, once he got back. I noticed his scores are sort of tapering out a bit now. He's sort of a 35 to 45 point player. Um, Certainly very handy if you've got him on your roster. He's made good money and he's, you know, obviously a very handy 18th or 19th man heading into the finals, but um if you do have him he's one you could probably consider uh outlaying a bit of cash and turning into a sort of a super primo for the um, the run home
0: yeah, I was going to say Colin Matoni is more of a sell than anything but certainly if you're going for overall points this week want to hang on to it for at least one more game and Campbell Graham like you touched on I think back-to-back scores I scored about 140 odd points in the, the past two games with I think two tries in both games before that it was a couple of scores in the 20s so it was a little bit up and down definitely reliant on attacking stats to put up uh, decent scores but uh, a pretty sweet pod this week uh, for anyone who's got him uh, Cowboys team missing a few to origin uh, Val Holmes obviously out so Dejan Asi comes in at fullback Con back from injury. He comes into the centres with Amiso Tavui Fido uh, in origin. A few other changes around the forward pack. Uh, Tom Gilbert back on the bench. I think he might have um, been isolating last week. Um, Jason Tamellu is probably the only player in the 17 I'd really be looking at here. And even he's been very quiet this year, but has shed a a bunch of cash, just over 200 grand, coming off a a 60-odd. So anyone who's convinced he might be back in form um, could be a, a target for this week.
1: Yeah, it's an interesting one. Um, The Cowboys this year really haven't been super fantasy relevant um, just as a whole side. I'd see Bruce Robson was a – he was quite handy last year but uh, sort of Mm. started at a higher price this year, less so. Uh, Tamalolo is a really interesting one. Um, Just his his general sort of um, work rate seems to be down this year, Um, the the run meters, the busts. um, I think Dom a couple of weeks ago actually made mention of the fact that his minutes really haven't dropped off a cliff. But really, more his kind of his output on the park. Um, obviously, the cows haven't been a particularly strong team in sort of uh, in, in real football terms, and that might have affected him as well. Um, I there will be people who'll be tempted to pick him up on the eve of the finals just because his price has um, absolutely gone through the floor. Um, Sixty points the weekend is a great score. He's still capable of that sort of thing, but just the consistency is not there this year. So, um, I think there. I think you can put seventeen people on the park who are going to be more reliable scorers than than Jason this year. But, um, you know, he's the kind of guy who could very easily just go on a tear and knock out a whole lot of good scores in a row. Um, I'm not seeing too much else there, to be honest. I noticed that um, uh, Murray Talangi on the wing is, um, is actually one of the higher uh, cash earners now for the year. His last few weeks um, getting amongst the tries and the tackle bus, he's, he's really kind of um, flown under the radar in terms of popular buyers. But he has... Um, you know, if you're one of the few percent who have him for whatever reason, he's actually made a lot of money recently. So not one to buy, but one who's, who's kind of crept um, under our guard and done well. Yeah,
0: there's probably a lot of it on the back of that. I was at 93 points with a hat-trick, I think, against the Knights he, in round 11, propelled a, a fair bit of that. He's had a few scores around that sort of mid-to-high 30s, 40-odd, and one other um, previous score in the 50s. But his his less sort of low-attack games are, are pretty dire. There's what was it, a 13 on the weekend and... Uh, 14 early in the season, 16 and
1: 19. So a lot of teens scores when he doesn't get the tries happening. It's the danger of wingers. You know, you've probably seen the same thing this year from Jason Saab at Manly. um, You know, uh, Ruben Garrick's number we mentioned. Obviously, Garrick's got goal kicking in his kit bag. But, um, yeah, wingers are very much boom or bust. But there is an argument if you're a winger on a a high-scoring team, Manly have a lot of points in them. Cowboys less so, but your Manly's, you know, your Brian Toiros for um, Penrith, who make a lot of run meters and, and get a lot of try scoring opportunities. There is an argument that they have a spot in the fantasy team, even though obviously the um, you know the big meter fullbacks are probably a safer commodity.
0: The third game of the weekend on Saturday evening at Bankwest Stadium, the Bulldogs hosting the Roosters. The Bulldogs obviously coming off a monstrous loss to Manly. They get the um, the COVID breaches back. All those guys who were forced to isolate after attending a night spot they shouldn't have are now available. So, what's that? Aaron Shot comes back into the back line. Sioni Katara at hooker. Corey Waddell straight into the starting second row. Dylan Napa returns on the bench. Uh, no swap for Brandon Wakem. Kyle Flanagan retained in the halves, uh, probably the, the main... Team changes. Uh, probably one of the talking points last week was um, Kyle Flanagan returning and what influence that might have on Jake Averillo's score. Looking at the, the actual figures, and Averillo retained most of the long kicking duties, but uh, still didn't put together much of a score, but it's probably not too surprising given the 66-0 scoreline against them.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, Jake Averillo, who is comfortably the highest money earner as a cash cow this year. Chris, I'll just remind you of that one. He's, um, I think he's the only player yeah, up over 400000 yeah. <laughs> As an owner who uh, kind of lucked into holding him, um, I'm feeling probably not as not as uh, smug as I should. But um, yeah, look, was on a really, really good streak until um, I think he scored just below 50 a fortnight ago after some monster scores, 31 on the weekend. Um, I, I honestly think having watched that game that um, the Bulldogs players probably spent between somewhere between 10 and 20 minutes watching conversions go over the posts. I mean, they, they conceded, I think, 10 or 11 tries. Um, it was just a non-event. So... It's probably, you know, in racing parlance, you'd probably say forgive him the run, um, uh, you know, and there's a chance he'll bounce back. The kick meters didn't seem to be affected, as you see, and um, as, a, as a bona fide halfback in the centers, uh, you'd have to be very confident he's going to continue his sort of high 40s output to buy him now, but um, you'd say that probably he will continue to score over the 31 on the weekend. Uh, if he doesn't, maybe the party's over. But, um, yeah, look, has been excellent in the centres this year. Flanagan started the year, I thought, as a real prospect, but obviously um, it's it hasn't gone so well for him. Um, and, you know, it, it, the way the Bulldogs are going, it's hard to see him being a, a fantasy force again anytime soon. Pretty uh, slim pickings
0: in that the rest of the team, the, Luke Thompson got a, a bit of attention. He was getting sort of mid to high 50s, sixty odd quite a few weeks in a row, but it's now... A month or just over a month since he even cracked a, a 50 score, so he's gone off the boil. Josh Jackson, I think, is probably been their most consistent scorer of late, but just in that, you know, mid tier below the premium scorers who you really wouldn't be buying for anything other than a, a buy round score.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you look at the um, the guys who line up in sort of the eight to 13 or even the eight to 17 jumpers for the dogs every week. It's um it's basically forward line bingo for those guys. It's very hard to buy any of them with confidence that they're going to be there week to week. I would say Jackson obviously is the um, probably the exception, but you see new names in that team list all the time. They're obviously a, um, a team who are struggling. The coach is experimenting a lot with um, positions. So yeah, a bit tricky. Um, Wardell is one who's been in more often than not um, has scored okay periodically during the year, but I think basically they're all, um, they're all the voids. I bought uh, Aaron shop as a cash down about four or five weeks ago Um Hasn't been setting the world on fire scoring-wise, but I think um, for those who do own, obviously he'll be a a warm body on the park this weekend when there's not many of those and um, is probably good for 20 to 30 points if you desperately need centre cover. And, um, yeah, as we know this year, centres and fullbacks have been kind of hard to keep on the park. So, um, yeah, any player is better than none. So the yes for
0: the Roosters, a little bit of a surprise that the degree to which they were outplayed by the Storm last start. They obviously got James Tedesco and Angus Crichton on origin duty. Joseph Manu slots into the fullback role. He usually scores pretty strongly fantasy Wise from there. Uh, Billy Smith back in the centre his first game of the year. I think he's uh, his third uh, ever. Matty Cavalli back on the wing. So actually, no, despite Tedesco being at no spot at all for Joseph Soali, who finds himself in Jersey 21, it'll be a, a little bit of a disappointment for any overall coaches who hang on to him, hoping. For a, uh, a buy round score, and probably um, Drew is the halves lock and land back to the bench. Uh, Sam Beryl's still starting Hooker, which is good news for anyone who snapped him up. Um, wasn't a compelling score last start. I think thirty seven points and sixty something minutes with you know, thirty nine tackles. It's a, a purely a tackle uh, based score, and probably all we're going to expect from uh, from Barrels going forward. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, um look he's a he's a handy ish option. Probably at this stage of the year he's not gonna be a, a great cash cow. But again, I mean come finals when trades are um are scarce, you know, even those guys who can get you maybe that thirty or forty extra points when you've got a hole in a position, that can be the difference between winning and losing a game and, and Varrells is one of those guys you can hang on to there. Um obviously a lot of the um the big names out for the for the roosters, Sedesco probably being chief among them. I don't imagine many people still have Sam Walker who um you know, really blazed a trail in his first sort of half dozen games, made his money. I think he got to about 550, at which point he was, he seemed to be a sell. I think most people did. Um, yeah. Looking around elsewhere, uh, Bradley's back. Takiyako was one that a handful of us took a punt on earlier in the year, but it hasn't really worked out. Um, and, yeah, Suali, I, as a non-owner, I'm always sort of perplexed. He seems to start the week out of the 17 quite often, and then come game day, he seems mm-hmm. to find himself getting a run. I think it's happened two or three times now. So I would say that... Um, you know, uh, until the, the first whistle blows, you know, there's no guarantee he won't find his way into the back line. True. But um, obviously, he's, he's still a kid. Um, you know, the coaches are right to probably be sparing with him. Um, you know, it's going to be a huge talent in the future. I'm sure he'll be fantasy relevant in the years ahead. But, um, yeah, a bit of a bummer if you've got him and he's he doesn't um, front up this weekend.
0: Yeah, all good points. Final game of the round, the Sharks and the Warriors at Net Strider Jubilee Stadium in Cogra on Sunday afternoon. Sharks... Uh, Unaffected really by origin, Um, not a whole lot going on fantasy-wise. The only two guys I think really worth talking about, um, Sean Johnson, who's been scoring quite heavily of late since uh, Chad Downs and was deemed surplus to requirements, and Jesse Ramian, who's had a couple of uh, injury-affected scores, but when he stays in the park, he's uh, been able to score pretty explosively.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I, I think that's that's very much it. I'd say Johnson is really the only, um, you know, super relevant one here. He's actually scoring like a genuine keeper at the moment. Um, I think people who've brought him in, not just for the round 17 score, but, um, you know, he's looking like uh, back to the kind of form of three or four years ago now when he was really lighting up, um, you know, a great player. And I think the point you made about, um, you know, Townsend being, uh, giving his marching orders. Um, it's really opened things up for Johnson to play the, that senior half role and, and really hog up the kick meters and, um, you know, do his thing. So if you don't have him, um, he, you know, he is an option if you're an overall player, obviously, this weekend. But more than that, he looks like being a, um, a very viable player for finals, you know, kind of guy who can get you 60 more often than not. Um, and and you mentioned, yeah, he um, he's probably in that upper echelon of centers. Um, he does kind of everything you want a, a genuine center to do. He scores. Fairly regularly, he's got tackle busting in his game, makes decent meters, and he's just, um, he, he seems to be quite reliable as well. He's, um, you know, he doesn't turn in too many of those really, really diabolical scores. So, um, yeah, I, I, you'd have to be a really, really devoted sort of um, overall player to uh, to bring him in now, I think. But if you need a centre um, and you want a round 17 score, it's a good time.
0: Yeah, Johnson probably one of the better captaincy options going around this weekend, given the, the slim pickings and Toru being out, like you, you mentioned, uh, getting 500-odd kick metres at a game of late. So, um, yeah, one of the more reliable scorers in action this weekend. Warriors team, uh, there's good news and there's bad news. The bad news is Toru Harris is out. Uh saw Phil Gould, uh, who's been involved with the Warriors, tweeted this afternoon expecting about a month. So that's potentially three more games after the bye week, which is... Right on that tricky cusp of do you hold or do mm-hmm. you sell? That's a lot of uh, cash to have sitting in your bench at this stage of the year. So a decision to be made there. Reece Walsh, though, like I said, back from that hammy strain, very timely for the, the many people who are him and are keen for a, a buy-around score. A few other changes uh, around. Nick Arima comes back in. Um, Tulasa Shek goes to the wing. Matt Lodge, the mid-season recruit, only been there less than a week, but he's straight into the starting side, which has a bit of a flow-on effect to the rest of the pack. Um, what do you got fantasy-wise?
1: Yeah, I mean, obviously Walsh is a a sigh of relief for us. I wasn't entirely sure how long he'd be out for. I thought it was going to be short, but it felt like it could be one of those niggling ones. Let's hope it doesn't recur, fingers crossed. Um, Yeah, yeah, great to have him back. Um, Yeah, I mean, there's a a couple of other guys there. Um, So Matt Lodge has just made his um, sort of fairly... um, sudden move across Um, he's actually been scoring quite well recently Uh, he's made about 200 plus thousand sort of a a very slow burn i know a lot of teams started with him he had a couple of terrible scores in the first handful of rounds people offloaded Um, he's one of those probably sort of half dozen guys in the comp who've um been a really slow burn but have kind of got going in terms of their fantasy output Jazz savanga there at um uh lock deputizing for tohu harris um he might get sort of a month there um i'm one who's ridden the tavanga train a few times over the last few years um i, I like him as a fantasy player because he's quite explosive he loves a bust and offload but um he's got a fair few errors and um some kind of wild play in his game gives away penalties etc so he's a um he's a tough one but if you were if he was guaranteed the rest of the season as starting 13 um at his price you'd probably say is an intriguing option but as a um Kind of as a seat warmer for Tohu until he gets back, I would say avoid.
0: Yeah, definitely avoid. I like you. I've ridden the, the, the Tavonga train a few times in the past. It can be an enjoyable ride, but given the, the short-term nature, I, I wouldn't be counselling getting in. Lodge is an interesting one. He's coming off seventy-nine last start. He was pulled from the Broncos team on the weekend, but before that, he played almost a full eighty against the Knights. I just I don't see him getting those sort of minutes in the Warriors pack. There was quite a few middles. Um, floating around, but he's certainly capable of it. Um, The other one I wanted to touch on, Wade Egan, who I had, I think, Mm -hmm. last year made a very slow 100, 150 grand out of. It was a a slow burn. He's had some explosive scores of late. Obviously, he barreled over for a a try or two. He's making plus tackles a week. He's sort of putting up some keeper-like scores
1: yeah. Um, Egan is one a bit like Lawton over at Manly now. Um, they just, they've kind of been, they're not, you know, you're super fashionable kind of hookers. And I think it's been remarked on by you and Dom in recent weeks that, um, you know, good scoring hookers were really kind of the lifeblood of fantasy teams coming into finals in the years past. You know, you'd want to have three, four, five, even, you know, something crazy like that to really try and get those massive tackle sort of scores. But um, this year really, it's been the halves who've benefited more from the, the rule changes, but um yeah, Egan's one who is, um, you know, he's making the most of it and it really helps, obviously, if they can um, often burrow over for a try or two, um, get those tackle counts up. But, uh, yeah, I, he's, as I said, a little bit unfashionable. If you did get him a little while ago for whatever reason, um, fantastic. Uh, I, again, he's one of those guys I would say there are there are probably, you know, a lot of better options to fill your, um, your starting 17 with. But, um, yeah, he's, he's on a good streak.
0: It's true. That is all eight teams from all four games on the final major wire round before we get into some Twitter questions. do our regular Dasher of the week, just a quick recap of last week. Uh, Dom went for Lachlan Fitzgibbon, who got 37. I took Mitchell Pierce, who got 47. I think it's the first time I've outscored Dom in the door Dasher of the week in months, and he's not here to enjoy it, which is uh, a huge coincidence. Um, Richie, who are you pinning for this week?
1: I'll try and deputise for uh, for Dom and get the winning streak going again. Um, I can't go past uh, Ruben Garrick, just given the um, the number one jersey this week. Um, numbers recently been outstanding. Obviously a lot of tries in there, but um, maybe a slight sort of demerit will be the fact that um, uh, you know DCE and um, and which, uh, are often the the creators of a large amount of these tries. It starts with those guys a lot, but. Um, Look, he, he does kick the goals. He scored well at fullback before. He's in 2% of sides. So if, you, if you're if you in that very small number who's got him, um, give yourself a pat on the back and, and hopefully you can um, put up a good number this weekend.
0: I'm going to opt for a Roosters winger, Matt Ikevalu, uh hoping he's not a late game day out for Joseph Suwali like he there could be a, a possibility. But um, Ken, one of those wingers who can produce some very low scores when he doesn't get the attack going his way. He got 100 only a few weeks ago wow. uh, against the Titans with a couple of tries, and he does have the, uh, the Bulldogs this week, so there could be plenty of points available uh, on the fringes for the Roosters. Let's get stuck into some Twitter questions, which there were a few despite the reduced nature of the round. It started off with uh, Tiffany Tenney, who is back. Uh, first question Are there any good buys this round or just waited out? I've got Johnson, Walsh, and Corey Haddlewit at night, I who I think are probably close to the three number one picks uh, for the weekend.
1: Yes, I'd agree with that. Um, Johnson is probably the best of those and as touched on just before, he looks like a a very viable option sort of um, heading into your fantasy finals, the way he's scoring, the way he's playing. Um, The other two, Walsh and Harawir and Naira, um, interesting ones. For this weekend, certainly, they'll probably be two of the more popular captaincy options given that I know in my case, I think I'm trotting out a team of four players this weekend, um, assuming I don't trade. So Harawir and Naira and... um, and Walsh, you know, both have the ability to score over 50 and they can, they've got quite big ceilings too. Um, I'm In terms of sort of must-haves, I mean, really at this stage of the year, you, you want to be thinking about probably not just round 17 but also who's going to serve you best moving into your finals. Yeah. Um, they're, they're definitely the ones. Harrow Nora and Walsh have made their money to a certain extent, um, so you're not really going to get sort of upside cash-wise. They are probably, if I'm being honest, where my side is at now, they're probably sort of my 15th to 18th best players in terms of average. So, um, you know, good enough, for, good enough for starting sides coming into the tail end of the year. But um, there they may be, if you, don't earn, uh, sorry, if you don't own some guys like, you know, um, like Isaiah Papali, guys like that who are on, you know, massive tears, a bit more expensive, but probably might average 10, 15 points better in the run-in. Um, you know, you, you might want to consider your options. How much do you want these guys for round 17 against? How much do you want maybe someone who's 100000 bucks more expensive who might be a better player in the long run?
0: Probably the only guys other than the ones that Tiffany already has. And she does mention she still has Avarillo in one of the great hero holds of the year. So, well played. <laughs> that is a hero hold. I wish I could uh, replicate that form. Um, yeah, the only other guys I could really make an argument for, probably Jesse Ramian in the centres and possibly Wade Egan if you um, want to to bolster the hooker stocks. But I agree with you. I don't think you really want to be buying iffy guys and then being stuck with them for the run home unless they're borderline keepers. Uh, I've got a couple of questions from Johnny Leary, who is back. Uh, First one is, is Sean Johnson the only trade target this round? I mean, he'd be the number one, I think, for sure. It's uh, a straightforward one. There's not too much, like we just said, that you really want to be grabbing. Um, What about Matt Lodge? I mean, we talked about Matt Lodge a little bit. Um, I don't like I said, don't quite see him getting the minutes to be worth a buy, but um, like you said, he has been you know, a little bit of an improve uh, through the second part of the season.
1: Yeah, Lodge is an interesting one. Um, I, I personally probably wouldn't. I think chiefly for the reason you've just mentioned is that it seems like the um, uh, the Warriors tend to share around their, um, their big man minutes quite a lot. You'd probably want to wait and see how he goes after a couple of rounds. Again, if you're desperate for a round 17 scorer who's in that kind of 500k bracket, then... Uh, yes, is an option, um, but i I wait and see for mine. Um, what do you think? Is uh, That seems probably – I mean, he's not super expensive, which he's got in his favour, but um, it's just a bit too early to tell at the Warriors.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, Johnny also asks, uh, how long do we stick with Jadon That I mean, it's probably a question that you can kick the can down the road for a week, really, but um, he's certainly become a concern.
1: Yeah, I'll, I'll let you um, answer that one first. Um, he is a concern, certainly.
0: Yeah, I mean, he scored so heavily at the start of the year and he, a few stats have dried up. He was getting a lot of turnover tackles that seem to have gone away uh, a little bit. He's still he's still playing big minutes. I know we got a little bit of an early mark on the week weekend with the, the score blowing out against the Cowboys, which is pretty good for 80-odd minutes most games. I'm just very reluctant to sell an 80-minute hooker coming into the, the run home with, with trades being scarce, even though it's been quite a while since he's even been 50.
1: Pretty much how I feel. Um, you know, high forty scores are probably. I know there's been a couple a bit lower than that, and he hasn't hit. He's only hit one fifty, I think, in the last six or seven weeks. Uh, you, I don't know how many people um, are owning sort of multiple hookers last year. Again, it's one of those things I've touched on. Teams seem to be stacking up on halves this year because they're scoring more. Um, I, for instance, a few of us were lucky enough to sort of um, get uh, Connor Watson's eighty to try effort on the weekend. I know people have sold. He's sort of, um, I think he's my only reserve hooker. So if you've only got a couple of guys like Braley or Watson, you've got to think about sort of team depth as well as, um, you know, their capabilities. Trades are running out. You really do want at least one spare hooker who's capable of scoring 45 plus. And right now with the two Newcastle guys, um, you get that without either of them being, you know, super duper. So they might be your sort of, you know, 17th, 18th men. But I, I think it's pretty hard to justify the trade at the moment. Um there are probably other guys you should be focusing on getting in rather than getting someone like Braley out. And again, there's nothing to say that Braley won't, you know, score kind of, you know, low fifties in the finals. And that's, that's perfectly good for, you know, your, your 16th, 17th man.
0: Yeah, 100%. Uh, Johnny also asks, what's the go with Josh Schuster? I mean, all I can really say is that he's pretty much week to week. I was at a Manning game a few weeks ago, and um, as I said, he'd be at least a week or two away at that point, which sort of put him at around round uh, this week, the bye week. Um, obviously, he's not named in the 21, so he's not playing this week. Uh, calf injuries are ones that you probably want to be a little bit more careful with because you can re-injure them if you come back. Um, too early, and the fact that they've been going so well without him, Walton, Oluokalato in the back row, and um, DC in four and a the half, they haven't been desperate to, to rush him back either. So I would expect he's he's back in a week or two. It's obviously frustrating for anyone who's hoping to have a, a bi-week score. Um, with him, he's probably, I mean, he's made most of his cash and he's not a, an elite premium sort of scorer, but, um, yeah, I don't know, if, if, what do you reckon, sell or hold or wait
1: it out? Uh, well, I think I, I was having a bit of a sort of a, a look through some of the teams in a, in a league we're both in um, this week. Uh, I noticed a few people still have him and sort of held him because I think he was that kind of one to two week proposition. But um, yeah, it's it's probably frustrating for those. And I think he's missed three or four now. If you offloaded him as soon as you got his injury, you've probably done pretty well. Um, I think if you've still got him now, I think just hang on to him. It's sort of, he's made a bit of money. It's frustrating having that 500, 600K on your bench week after week, but um, you'd think the odds are he's back you know if not next week certainly the week after um, it's just like you say is he going to walk straight back into that second row spot where he scored quite well I mean obviously he's a, um, I think you know he's a half by trade originally um, he's quite a big man for a half but um, there's a bit of uncertainty um, I think if you've if you've held him this far hang on to him and, and work out what you want to do as you get close to the finals if he's still out.
0: The last question from Johnny was, uh, I know Xavier Savage made minus one on quote-unquote debut, but could he be a decent scoring cash out option? I mean, yeah, it's hard to know. Like you said, he didn't really do anything those 11 minutes, but he was sort of rushed onto the field at halftime. He didn't even have half time to warm up, except Chris, who he came on for basically went to run back out on the field and then decided he wasn't um, feeling the best. and Savage just got rushed onto the field. So I don't know if we can read a lot into that. Um, eleven minutes. He's got eighty minutes at full back this week to, to stake his case. Um if you unless you really want the by round score though, like you said, the, the break even is elevated because of that minus minus five. It's up I think mid thirties. So definitely can afford to, to wait a week, even if he gets a solid score, his price is gonna move too much.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's there's literally no guarantee what he's going to do. He might come out and score two tries and, and post 60 plus on debut. Um, probably the more likely outcome is, uh, you know, he might score 20, 30, maybe 40. Um, it's, it's a lot of kind of faith to put in a guy who's had 11 minutes on the park. Um, so yeah, that would very much be my advice um, because of that elevated break even he's got because of the comedy of errors. Uh, I think wait and see.
0: Yeah, definitely. So we've got a question from uh, Jordan who writes, um, is who Harris a trade if he's out for a month? I mean, we sort of touched on that. It's right on the tricky sort of cusp. Um, What do you reckon?
1: Uh, again, I mean, we're at round 17. Most head-to-head leagues I think have got about, if you're in a large sort of um, you know, 20-man league or 16-person um, you know, person league, you've probably got around about uh, four games left. Um, so depending on your needs for finals, if you are on the cusp of your top eight, you're really striving to make finals, um, you can very easily, he, he's got a lot of equity because he's been so consistent this year. He's been like a metronome in terms of his scoring before his injury on the weekend. So he hasn't lost any value. In fact, he's made money on his on his starting price, which was, I think, around eight hundred grand. So, you've got a lot of utility. If you need, um, if you're shooting for a finals berth, you can bring in someone like you know that um, you know Papali. Or uh, if you need sort of extra depth, um, you know, in your fullback line, there's 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 a lot of options for the money here. There's not too many guys who are out of reach. You know, guys like Ben Hunter in really good form at the moment. Um, You know, is also a hooker and a half. So. It really depends what you need. Um, I've got him. I'll be holding. I'm in a reasonably strong spot in, in the chase of finals um, in a couple of leagues. So it's probably a hold because he'll probably be pretty useful in, in a months' time as you're getting into your finals. Um, obviously, it's a real bummer. I know a lot of teams picked him up only in the last couple of weeks because he's shaped as you know the ultimate round 17 player. So, um, yeah, that's, that's unfortunate, a bit of a kick in the pants. But I think it really depends on your situation. If you're struggling for final sell, if – uh, and, and assuming this four week prognosis from uh, sure. from Gus turns out correct as well, I mean this is very early mail as, as we go to air. Um, yeah, I think it's it's really contingent on, on what your team needs right now.
0: Yeah, I wouldn't definitely wouldn't sell until we have sort of firm confirmation that he's going to miss at least a month because anything under that, you know, three weeks is definitely a hold given. Um, the nature of the bye week this week, so uh, good advice there. Crackers uh, Carter writes in, low on trades with eight left, only four players active for this round. Is it worth trading out a keeper to get more active players or write it out? Um, playing head-to-head in the top four, but our league plays in this bye round and I'm playing against third place. So that's a, a tricky situation. I, probably the first thing I'd say is have a look at your opponent's team. If they're going to be fielding six or seven and you're just no chance, then I wouldn't really worry too much about it if you reckon you're neck and neck and you're desperate for the wind to shore up that top four spot, it might be worth pulling a few strings.
1: Yeah, I don't have a lot to add to that. I mean, um, (laughs) it will be one of the more unusual rounds I think I've ever seen for those leagues that are playing head-to-head this week. You know, it's going to be a lot of games where it's going to be, you know, six versus four or even, you know, three on three. Um, if, If you're one of those teams who haven't, gone down the path of um, a lot of the kind of super primos. Um, You know, you get to this stage of the year in fantasy, a lot of the top-ranked teams, they're becoming quite vanilla. Um, So if you've got – it's quite a good week if you've got some of those guys like, you know, Kaloa Matangi or um, one we didn't mention is actually a a possible buy this week, Um, you know, Adam Reynolds, guys like that who are, you know, below that kind of upper echelon average-wise but are capable of good scores – um, it's a you know it's a good week to be a little bit different. This week you could really move up the overall ladder. Um, in terms of sort of, I think we've touched on this a few times. In terms of buying guys who are just a bit below that top rung, um, I would generally advise against it um, unless you know you really want to be different or you're really chasing um, points this round. Yeah.
0: Uh, excessive Artist writes in, what outside backs do you aim to finish with? I don't know if outside backs just refers to the wing full position or if it means centres as well. But, I mean, at this point in the season, I think it's basically just filtered by average and trying to get the best guys. Pong has just come back and he's a, a reliable scorer, so he's sort of into that equation with, you know, your Tedesco, your, your Turbo, these sort of guys. And then depends what happens with uh, with Ryan Pappenhausen, but he could be a, a good one for the down as well. But it's basically just the, the best scorers at this point. There's no sort of great secret. Mm.
1: I think the four you mentioned, the big four there are um, the obvious ones and we're talking um, wing fullback. A lot of teams have got Walsh. He is, um, I mean, he's perfect as like your 17th or 18th man because if you get an injury to one of your wing fullbacks, he can slot in and you know that he's got, um, you know, a really good ceiling and is pretty reliable down there. So that's probably the um, the orientation you want of those guys. Um, I'm a Brian To'o owner um, just because I love the fact he gets 250 run meters every game. Um you know, he's another one. They're probably, those sort of five or six guys are probably where you want to be looking around. I'd say they're the top five or six averaging players as well. Um, in the centres, a quick chat about the centres because um, I know last week was a bit interesting. Avrilow owners copped their first low score in a while and um, uh, Peachy as well uh, decided, I'm sure, quite a few head-to-head games, including mine with his, um, uh, you'd have to say, demotion to a, um, a bench hooker role. Um, if you're looking at centres, it's it's a bit of a different kettle of fish. Um, there's not a, a massive sort of array of centres. Are there any sort of you'd be looking around um, as, as guaranteed keepers in the run in?
0: It's tough. I mean, Jack Bird's been pretty reliable. He seems to score similarly hmm. whether he's in the back row or, or playing in the centres. Jesse Raymond, who I touched on, has, has other than his injury affected scores, has been pretty reliable. Ever other than that one score has been very good. Um, Peachy's been great, other than you know, that it's a worry. He's now. Know, picked up that bench utility role hopefully that's not a, a sign of things um, to come but yes yeah, center's been particularly tricky um, this year I mean even Dan Gagai's had a few low scores he's pretty reliable otherwise and a single option for this week for the running potential
1: yeah I think at this stage of the year basically you can rely on every position um, you know once you've upgraded your team to have a lot of good 50 plus scorers except for center um, you know, sometimes you get those years where you'll get like a Britton Nakora and a John Bateman where you get guys playing out of position who've got centre in, um, in their job title who can give you, a, you know, a bit of an artificially high score and it's set and forget. But um, generally centre is, the, is um, the position that can... It often decides, I find, your head-to-head fantasy games because the best scores of centres with a handful of uh, tries against games where they kind of get frozen out of the action, are, um, they're really divergent. So always a bit of a... Um, a bit of a, a hand ring the centres. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what people do in the uh, in the lead up to finals, and whether guys like Peachy get back to their um, their old form.
0: Yeah, well, very last question, a late entry from Shane Reamer who writes in: Am I best to conserve trades given the abundance of injuries, suspensions, or should I make all four this week while I can to finalise my starting team for the head to head run home? Um, I personally would cancel against making four or potentially even any trades this week if you're head-to-head focused and you don't have a head-to-head matchup this week because, you know, it's the old fantasy curse. You set your team up this week and then two of the primos that you buy get injured, you know, in the next week or two. Like, I think if you're head-to-head focused, you're not playing this week. There's no cash cows we're going to get out of reach this week. Yeah, I'd just be holding off.
1: Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Um, probably the only guy I'd be buying this week, um, if you're looking to sort of really finalise your 17, is Johnson. There might be a bit of an argument for um, Adam Reynolds, but he's in that sort of second tier of halves, whereas Johnson is playing like a really um, elite scorer at the moment. Um, otherwise... The problem this week is a, there's obviously it's Origin and b, a lot of the fantasy relevant guys who aren't playing Origin are, um, are having their rest this week. So there's not that great a, amount of people to choose from. And yeah, secondly, as you say, there's nothing worse than um, using trades in a um, in a round where you're just trying to inflate your overall score. I need to see um, you guys break down, and then um, you know you need to make another trade and at a time when we're we're running very very low. So uh, don't do it. Would be my advice
0: absolutely well that is all the questions and all the team lists for this week richie a massive thank you for stepping into the breach thanks once again to doordash and thanks everyone for listening we'll be back this time next week to talk about round 18.